Welcome to the Church Intention Podcast, powered by the King's University and Gateway Church. This is a place to have healthy conversations about areas of tension in the church and the intentions of the church. To dive deeper into the conversation and for more content, visit churchintention.com. Now let's join the King's University president, Dr. John Chastine, for this episode of Church Intention. Well, hey, hello to the Church Intention family out there. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Church Intention podcast. Today, we have a very special guest that I'm really excited for you to get to know. As you know, on this podcast, we talk to talk about important topics in the world, but we also want to talk about those topics because they're important to the church. And this is one of those topics that uh, may seem, or in some circles, be, be considered attention point, but we're, we're going to talk about today how it's really not. It's not a political issue. It's it's nothing other than a people issue. And so I have a really awesome guest with us today. Her name is Amy Ford, and Amy is the founder of an organization called Embrace Grace, which is a nonprofit that equips churches to love and support single and pregnant young women in their community. And in just under 10 years, this is amazing, in just under 10 years, Embrace Grace has helped more than 6,000 women. I love one of the statements that they say. They say the church has a powerful opportunity to be a catalyst of change in women's life, as well as broaden their community outreach to help moms be brave. She has a brand new book out that we're going to talk more about through this podcast. It's called Help Her Be Brave, Discover Your Place in the Pro-Life Movement. She has a podcast called Help Her Be Brave. Uh, Amy, we're so excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. So I love talking to people who are passionate about this topic because it just oozes out of you. <laughs> I'm <laughs> a so, little passionate. <laughs> that's that's what I love. And I want us to talk about this today because what, I, I was looking at your website and right, right there, I believe it was on the homepage, but it has this quote that kind of leads into your vision of what your organization is all about. I'm going to read it. It says, if abortion became illegal today... The church would not be ready to help women with unplanned pregnancies practically, spiritually, and emotionally. That is such a powerful statement. Talk to me about that. What does that mean to you? I know. I always feel like pastors kind of have a light bulb moment when we think about that because so many believers are kind of are passionate about life and maybe yeah. they vote a certain way. But what does it look like if that actually happened? What yeah. if Roe v. Wade was overturned tomorrow wow. and all of a sudden women, doesn't they don't have access to abortion. So they're pregnant. They're really upset. They are worried. Maybe they already have a kid and now they're mm. pregnant again and they can barely afford the one that they had wow. have right now. And now they have another one and childcare is like $350 to $400 a week just for, I mean, how yeah. it's hard to survive. So if you have two in daycare, like, yep. so they're at a real issue of like, I can't afford this child. And so then all of a sudden, if we're as the church, we're like, good luck. Yeah. Hope it works out for you. That with that's just wrong. Yeah, like because it's practical. They they have to be processing through the practical, but also just the emotional, like the sure. shame. The who's going to think this? They're going to judge me. So they're balancing both sides of that for sure. And I think there's two. You know, we have girls that are. Ha- thinking about abortion that were raised in the church, and some that were not. So it's mm. two different types of of perspectives. But what we figured out is fear is the root of all of it. Fear of being alone, fear of my parents hating me, fear of uh, schooling, being interrupted, education, fear of my baby dad being really mad and he doesn't want to have anything to do with me. He's going to leave me. Fear is the root of all of that. So that's why Help Her Be Brave, the book title, the podcast title, that's like our tagline with Embrace Grace, the ministry that I run. How can we help her be brave? How can we see how to help her come 
up high mm-hmm. and not be in this tunnel vision of panic crisis moment yeah. because fear makes you do crazy things. Yep. And so we want to help her see the bigger picture. And if you did have the help and the resources and the empowerment along the way, what would that look like? How so, can we help you be brave and choose life? So help us understand Embrace Grace even more. It's not that this is a ministry for those who've had an abortion. Not, not that you don't care about that and you don't think that's important. But, you know, to use the analogy, instead of building a hospital at the bottom of the mountain, you want to build a guardrail at the top. Mm -hmm. So you're focusing more on those who become pregnant, who are considering having this abortion. Yeah, for sure. So we believe that a girl with an unexpected pregnancy, the church should be one of the first places a girl runs to instead of last because of shame and guilt, which is the same with abortion. If you've had an abortion, the church should be a safe place you go to as well. But with Embrace Grace, we have support groups in churches all over the nation for these women. Um, We partner with local pregnancy centers. We invite these girls in. Also, just word of mouth within your church. You know, my hairdresser's daughter's pregnant. You know, Mm. just things start coming out and we want to be like that first response team. How can we help? How can we invite her into a spiritual family? How can we promise and make her feel feel and know that she doesn't have to walk through this alone because it's very isolating going through something like that. Well, it's such an important topic. And a lot of our listeners are in the ministry, um, whether it's in full-time ministry or in, they see themselves as in the ministry in their marketplace. So I want to get into the what, but before I get into the what of what this looks like and what can I do and what can my church do, I want to talk about the why. So Amy, talk to us about where did this come from? Did you when you were eight years old, want to grow up and start an organization <laughs> helping single women that are getting pregnant. Like what happened in your life? What experience? What did the Holy Spirit say to you? Just kind of tell us that story of how Embrace Grace come, came about. Yeah. Well, I had an unexpected pregnancy when I was 19, grew up in a Christian home, had yeah. an amazing family, but I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, God created us to have an intimacy and a, a God sized hole. And so I was looking at guys to be that. There was one specific guy I was with for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I call him my baby daddy. He's actually now <laughs> been my husband for 23 years. But at the time, I we found out we were pregnant, and we were so terrified to tell my parents, for our friends to know everything, even though we knew and grew up knowing abortion was wrong. We just thought, you know what? We can just have an abortion, and we'll mm. deal with the consequences of a broken heart later. It's almost like robot mode. You want to wow. just not feel, and you just want to get through it and then just be done with it. And so we went to the abortion clinic, we paid for it, and I ended up hyperventilating and passing out in the abortion room. When the nurses were fanning me, trying to give me a drink of water, they said, you're too emotionally distraught to make this decision today. You can come back another day, but today you're not getting getting an abortion. So I went back out in the waiting room, told my baby daddy, you know, we're still pregnant. He could see my face was swollen from crying. And Mm. we just decided in that moment, okay, we'll just figure it out together. If we're going to be homeless, you know, the enemy lies to you, tells you all these worst case scenarios that can possibly happen. Of course, our parents were disappointed in the timing, but it wasn't as horrible as what we thought, you know, it was going to be. And we had been together a long time. So we decided we would just go ahead and get married. So we got married when I was 16 weeks pregnant, and my husband, the man that had led my husband to the Lord years before and discipled him, we asked him if he would marry us. He was a pastor, and he said that, no, I can't marry you because you've sinned, and so I will not bless this marriage. And we were like, oh my gosh, we're such horrible people. We can't even get married like and be blessed by someone that we love and— so we had a beautiful wedding, but it definitely felt like it was a scarlet letter, you know, mm. on our wedding day and just the shame that kind of over 
overshadowed it all. And um, after that, we tried to go back to church, but it's like the elephant in the room. People don't know whether wow. to say congratulations or I'm sorry. Wow. So they just don't say anything. And as you can tell, I'm very extrovert. I have a lot of friends. <laughs> so it's really obvious all of a sudden when people are kind of distancing themselves. Yeah. And again, looking back, it's not that they didn't like me. It's more like they just don't what do I say to that? Like, yeah. I don't know what to say. So we didn't really like the way we, it made us feel. So we just stopped going for a while. And um, we were kind of, you know, church hopping. And But one thing that's really cool is that pastor that wouldn't marry us, he called my husband out of the, out of the blue two years later. And he said, I have been thinking what I did every single day. And mm. I feel like it was my wor- worst mistake in pastoring history that wow. I've ever made. Will you forgive me? And my husband was like, yes, I forgive you. They're still to this day. He's a pastor mm. in Austin, Texas. They are the best of friends. Like mm. they talk all the time and they are so close and it's wow. such a sweet relationship. And I ended up having a son and he's actually 23 now. Wow. And he just graduated from Oral Roberts University and, and got a degree in theology. Now he's getting his master's. He's passionate about the Lord. He just got married. Wow. Like he's just amazing. And I can't imagine, you know, what my life would have looked like if I didn't have him. And whenever he was 16 years old, that pastor that wouldn't marry us asked me to come speak at his church on mm. Mother's Day. And he asked me to do a pro-love message, which is kind of one of the things I talk about a lot. I say pro-life is a stance and pro-love is an action. You know, mm. that's what's going to make that's abortion good. unthinkable. So I did my whole thing and he was very open with his congregation before I had gotten there about what he had done years ago and and you know the, he said he had a religious spirit a Pharisee heart and all this stuff. Well, so I did my thing, spoke and afterwards he asked me to come back on the platform and he asked my son Jess 16 to come on the platform and he said, "Amy, Years ago, I asked your husband for forgiveness, but I never really asked you. Will you forgive me for what I did 16 years ago? I was like, yes, of course. Like, embrace grace has started. You know, I forgave you a long time ago. Well, then he looked at my son, Mm. 16, in front of the whole church. And he said, will you forgive me for planting seeds of rejection in your heart before Mm. you were ever even born? And while you were in your mother's womb, I rejected you. Will you forgive me? And my son, 16, in front of the whole church says, I forgive you. And it was such a powerful moment. Like you could feel church wounds being lifted in the room. Like people were like, oh my goodness, the fact that the pastor would humble himself in this way was so amazing. And there was a lot of healing that happened. And even with my son, my first Mm. book came out when he was 13 and I was about to be on James Robinson and all this stuff. And I'd never really told him his Mm. story. And I was super worried. Like I was a dumb kid. Like I didn't know what I wanted. I'd never wanted him to think that we didn't want him, right. you know, so or get rejection, yeah. right? But I knew I had to because it's all coming out, you know, on all this <laughs> One stuff. Way or the other. So, and I have four kids now, and we, we had just taken him to the Cheesecake Factory, but that's just odd to take one kid. He knew <laughs> something was up. I had all my friends praying, and I was like, please just let him just receive mm. the story, you know. And so we told him, and he's, you know, a middle school kid. I'm like, how does this make you feel? And he's just kind of like, oh, you know, he didn't really process <laughs> he's it. Like, I'm an eighth grade mom. Right. And then over the next six months, I found out later, he kind of did struggle a little bit. Like, what Mm. is my purpose? And maybe I wasn't supposed to be here. You know, the enemy lies to him and tells him all the crap. And, and, uh, but one day he, we go to gateway and gateway, a youth pastor asked him to, um, speak five minutes on how you're an overcomer. And he Mm. came into my room. He's like, mom, how does this sound? And he said, I was an overcomer before I was ever even born and that Satan had a plan to take me out, but I'm here. I'm going to use my life to change the world. I'm like, boom. That'll preach. (laughs) That that is it. And he has a whole story in between there of how God spoke to him. He's amazing. But I just love that. That's how we all, we're all here and we Mm. all have a purpose. And that is why I'm passionate about, like, we can be the answer. We can make abortion unthinkable. God put specific talents 
gifts, mm. passions inside each of one, of one of us in order to do the good works that he's called us to mm. do. So how are we doing that? And really even following that thing of like, what makes you pound your fist on the table and say, someone needs to do something wow. about this. There's a reason why you've got that burning passion inside mm. of you. Probably God put it there. Mm-hmm. So how do you follow that? Or even following your story, if you've experienced an abortion, yeah. you know, what, how can you be the person that you wish you had years ago in your life when you made that decision? For somebody else's how, life. Yeah. For someone else, right. And because we really can change the world with this and, and to I, make it unthinkable. I love your story because there's like my head's exploding with all the things I want to talk about. And we'll, we'll have to just kind of get there in all of them, but... My head's exploding because you experienced it firsthand, but you also experienced the church firsthand mm-hmm. and the hurt and the pain of that. And there's people who experience the hurt and the pain of the church in a lot of different areas, but this is obviously one specifically. But I like how you put, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but I like how you, I don't know if you coined the phrase, I'm guessing you did, let's make abortion unthinkable. Because most people think, let's make abortion illegal. Mm-hmm. And imagine if we focused on the ministry side. I'm not saying we don't vote right. I'm not saying we don't do those sort of things. Please don't get me wrong, listeners. But what if we shifted our thinking to say, let's just make it unthinkable. Mm -hmm. And then it's, it's... Maybe it's not as big of a deal if it's illegal or, illegal or not. If we come at it from a ministry side, let's make it unthinkable. To where people, it doesn't even cross people's minds. Like, where did that come from? Was it just your story? Was it like... Was yeah, that- I mean, I think about if I, I grew up in church my entire life and... Number one, you know, there's pro-life pregnancy centers everywhere. Right. I had no idea. No one, I had gone to church my entire life. No one had ever told me about a pro-life pregnancy center. Hmm. I didn't even know there was a pro-life movement. I had, even with starting Embrace Grace, I didn't think I'm starting a pro-life organization because I didn't know wow. there was a pro-life movement. In fact, what I thought was the movement was, oh, that's the people that pick it, you know, because that's what the media. Political. Yeah. And there's a, thousands of organizations that are boots on the ground that will say, I will help you. But it, but the biggest thing is, because I had grown up in church the entire life, if I would have thought, I'm pregnant, I'm scared, I don't know what to do, maybe I should call one of the pastors at my church mm. and ask them for wisdom, prayer, and guidance of what to do in this situation. I That was the last place I oh. would have called. You know, I talked to a girl the other day that told me, I forgot what state she was in, but she said that she had found out she was pregnant on a Friday night, totally freaking out. She called three churches and left in voicemails because it was after hours and mm. saying, I'm scared, I'm pregnant, I don't know what to do. You know, my boyfriend doesn't want to have anything to do with me. I'm so scared. One church called her back. Wow. One church. Wow. If we can't even return a phone call, right. we got some problems. Right. And so going back to your question, like how amazing would it be that – like, you know, thinking about if we forced, you know, a girl felt forced, I didn't have access to an abortion. So I'm mm-hmm. forced to have this baby and there's a root of bitterness mm-hmm. and I never wanted this baby in the first place. I mean, it can go in so many different directions, right? Whereas why would I need to have an abortion mm-hmm. when there's so much help out there? There's so many resources that can help me finish school, yeah. that can help, you know, provide childcare, whatever it might be. What what can we do as the church yep. to be able to help her have her baby in her dreams too? Mm-hmm. How can we empower her so that she doesn't her baby doesn't feel like it's something that held her back? You know, sometimes you see these celebrities that go up on stage and they accept their awards and they say something about they're so glad they had an abortion. Why mm. is a baby something life is something that would hold you back from your dreams. Yeah. Like we have to change culture to, to I mean, babies are amazing. Yeah. They are They're miracles. Yeah. They yeah. are a gift. And so, you know, even, I could go on and on. I mean, even with um, 
business owners, you know, mm-hmm. I look at if I've talked to business owners, if they have said, if they have a man and a woman that have the same qualities, the same credentials, the same everything, but they're both ish childbearing years, they're going to go with the man because then they don't have to mess with the maternity leave. Mm-hmm. That's pretty wow. messed up. Wow. That is a patriarchy that is against having children. Yeah. Whereas, first of the all, culture. the culture. Right, yeah. the culture. And first of all, the guy should have the same amount of leave as a girl. Right. Like that, a dad is important and father's All the man's important. getting amen out there. Right. right. <laughs> we need to have an even playing field here. That's and good. there's just so many different facets to this subject that it's like, how can we change every part of it to make this is a culture that is all about life and yeah. love and, and, and a baby. Yes. A sex outside of marriage is a sin, mm-hmm. but a baby is always a blessing. A baby is mm, not a sin. That's so good. A baby is a miracle yeah. by, given by God. And I've seen so many times that sometimes when God wants to woo his daughter back to his heart, he might just give her a baby to do it. Wow. And he might just give her the sweetest face that she's mm. ever laid yeah. eyes on <laughs> so that she can maybe get a tiny glimpse of how much God must love mm. her. And he did it for me, That's and so he'd good. done it so for so many Embrace Grace moms. And, you know, he's creative. Yeah. And so if we're acting as if that's a nuisance or, you know, what we're going against God here. So yeah. how can we help her, empower her, a hand up, not necessarily yeah. handouts, but a hand up. You know, my husband, my husband's like, I'm a guy. What can I do, you know, mm. in the pro-life movement? There's tons. Mm. In fact, there's so many, you know, the other side likes to say my body, my choice, and, you know, all of that. But the thing is, is one of the top five re- reasons why women women have abortions is because the guy, it's, you know, if he would have said yeah. he was with me, not necessarily that they're even together, but they would co-parent, then yeah. she wouldn't have felt like she needed to. So that's yeah. huge reason yeah. we need men in this movement. But my husband's great at budgeting and financing, and he's always available. I've given several single moms of like, can you help her show her how to budget her checkbook? You yeah. know, things like that. And he's good at so it. So men in the church can play a role in the yes. same way. And all I, of us have you know, something wanna, to give. I, I want to talk to the people in ministry out there or people who are attending a church because I, you know, I'm sitting here obviously in my TKU hat, but I'm also sitting here as a pastor processing this. And and I think a lot of pastors just default. Our default is, well, I, uh, what do you want me to do? Preach a sermon on it. And we're not saying no. We're not saying you need to preach a sermon on it. We talked a little about this about this before the recording. But before we get into this, I want to give the the people in ministry some stats. Okay, so I you probably know way more stats than I do, Amy, and you can rattle some off too. But we have some here on my in my notes in my show notes. So let me let me shoot off some. Okay, one in four pregnancies end in abortion. That's staggering. Twenty five percent. Uh, the abortion rate is the same in the church as it is outside the church. Mm-hmm. That ought to light up pastors. That's 25% of your church. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, here's some, I found a study from Lifeway Research. Um, they did a survey of 1,038 women who have had an abortion. Okay, so the, the, the abortion has already been done. 70% of them claim to be Christians. And 43% of them attended regular church attendance. So 43% of them say, I go to church regularly, almost half of the thousand that got an abortion. This is the staggering one. But only 38% of them considered the church a safe place to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, That should make us mourn. Yeah. 
and and uh, when when hurting people don't feel like they can talk to the church about their pain, something's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I found another study done by Lifeway where they where people admitted, you know, these are people that are admitting this. Imagine how many people didn't admit it in a survey, but the sixty five percent of Christians would say that they would internally think negative thoughts towards a single woman who was pregnant, right? So, you know, we talked a little bit about you don't have to preach a sermon on it, but it, we had to talk about it. Like, what what do you what would you say to pastors out there who are yeah. just like, I don't know what to do? Right. They get kind of worried it's political or going to make people right. upset. And right. this is a people thing. Like we, it needs to be talked about. But again, you don't have to have a whole sermon on abortion. Everybody knows it's wrong, but it's like, how, what can we do? I, I'll give you an example. One time I, um, I spoke at Pink Impact, which is Gateway's Big yeah. Women Conference. And it was the last one. It was back when they were, it was the last one at the convention center. So mm-hmm. it was at the big arena and they had 10,000 women there at the arena. And Pastor Debbie Morris was doing, interviewing me about Embrace Grace and everything. And she, you know, always talk about women that choose life are brave, you know, all my thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Well, she's like, thank you so much, Amy, for being on today. And I, I really, I felt the Holy Spirit stop. I was wow. like, Debbie, can I say one more thing? I said, there's 10,000 women in this arena. That mm-hmm. means at least 25% of you have experienced an abortion. And I want you to know that God loves you and that he sees you. He wants to heal your heart. In fact, even start the healing process this weekend at this conference. Mm. You are not disqualified from ministry. Revelation 12, 11 says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. testimony, Go share with someone, tell someone, tell one person and allow God to start healing your heart. Mm. And that he wants to use you, be the person you wish you had years ago in your life when Mm. you made that decision. That was it. It was like 20 seconds. Yeah. And then Debbie's like, thank you so much. Got off. Well, because it was such a big arena, Embrace Grace had two booths, one on each side of the arena. After that session was over, our booth was inundated wow. with women. And you could just see mascara. Yeah. You just would look at you <laughs> yeah, and you just knew. No. But one specific girl, mm. oh my gosh, she wrecked me. So she, there were three girls and they all had their same matching t-shirts. And they had, it was like a, they were sisters and mm-hmm. they were going to do this fun pink and pack weekend and they had t-shirts made, you know, all this stuff. Well, they were holding up the one in the middle and the one in the middle was bawling. Wow. And one of the sisters said, we brought her to you. She wanted to talk to you. What you said really touched her and she's having a hard time, you know, getting her emotions together. So yeah. I waited, you know, and just looked at her and, and she looked at me and tears streaming down her face. And she said, you mean to tell me? that God can use me. It was like it had never dawned on her that she actually could be used by God. Wow. And to think there's women like that. Yeah. And men. Yeah. In our churches, in our congregation. I feel like I've said this so many times that there is a revival that can break out if we can help these women and men be set free. And I told you a little earlier, and I wish I knew the exact stat, but it was something in that same CareNet study. If you Mm -hmm. dig into it, there's so many great, it was CareNet and LifeWay uh, Mm -hmm. that did that study together. Um, And there was one that said something like, and don't quote me on it, but it was so high that I was like, what? But it was something like 40 something percent of women or men that have experienced an abortion when they hear their pastor do a sermon on forgiveness, they mm. feel like abortion is excluded wow. from God's forgiveness. Wow. So if we can really, even just mentioning the word, you know, that there is hope and healing for you if experienced an abortion, something even just like that. At yep. the end of your service, when you're doing having prayer time at yep. your front, whatever that might look like, something just saying the word and acknowledgement 
to say that you are uh, that God wants to heal you, that you are, you can, or if you're pregnant, or if you're pregnant, right? Yeah. It changes everything, and so with that, I free people, free people. Mm-hmm. It's contagious. And when I, we've have so many women that lead abortion or I'm sorry, lead embrace grace groups that have experienced an abortion because they want to be the change. So if we can help activate all of these people that need healing, number one, and then get them involved in the movement at their church, doing something, helping single moms, whatever it might look like, we can make abortion unthinkable. But it starts, I think, with a lot of the pastors talking about it. And just even with us, if you've experienced an abortion, we can create a Me Too movement with this subject. Yeah. And so the more we talk about it, the more what's brought into the light is what God can heal. The yeah. more we keep in in the darkness is what Satan lies to us and torments us with. And so it just, you know, we don't have to do a whole sermon about it. Yeah. I'm just saying here and there. It's like you ever you it's like with, you know, <clears throat> it's like you either see a pastor that's screaming at people about right. abortion yeah, <laughs> and that it's sin and it's <laughs> crazy. Or there's just complete silence. Right. And I think we were talking about this a little bit before the show. I think some pastors are concerned or, you know, I don't know if afraid is the word, but we avoid the subject because we've associated it with politics Mm -hmm. and we've, we've gone to where it's so dangerous to say anything political from stage that um, we just avoid it altogether. You know, it's Mm -hmm. the, it's the tension even that we live in now with masks. Well, to say you're, not for masks is to claim that you're a Republican and to say that you are for masks is to claim that you're a Democrat. Or that you're not pro-life if right. you don't wear a mask. I hear that a lot. Right. So there's these, <laughs> there's these quote unquote unwritten rules. Right. And so I think a lot of pastors feel that tension, yeah. but it's a, it's a tension we got to get over it, right? I mean, right. we just got to get over it and talk about it. And I, I love what you said. You said it in the podcast, but you said it before we started that it's not a political issue. It's a people issue. Mm-hmm. And if that's the... That's the leap we need to make in our in our minds, right? Yeah, this for is, sure. This is not a political issue; it's a people issue. Well, and just pro whole, pro love, pro whole life. You know, I, we have T shirts, pro love. I said earlier, pro life is a stance. Pro love, pro love is mm-hmm. an action. Pro life can be a political term. I was at the. I think the Gateway Pastors Conference, and I had a pro love T-shirt. An African American pastor from Brooklyn, New York, came up to me. He's like, <laughs> "I like that shirt." He said, "I'm pro life, but I can't say that at my church. But I can say that." Well, I, can I like say how pro you're changing love. the narrative, right? right? You're not, you're not, you're you're saying, um, you, you you're saying make abortion unthinkable. Yeah, you're saying pro love. It's God's kindness that right. leads us to We've repentance. We've associated these phrases mm-hmm. with political things, with division. They've Things that should unify us have become ended up dividing us. Right. And so I love what you're doing. The the thing I love the most about your ministry, Amy, I love the local church. Like I am madly in love with it. I think it's the hope of the world. And I love how you haven't just started this nonprofit off to the side who's doing your own thing. You are doing an amazing ministry, but your real heart and your vision is to partner with the local church. So mm-hmm. tell us the heart behind that. Why do you want yeah, to do that? Yeah, I mean, we, we're we a family, and we don't kick each other when we're down. We yeah. pick each other up when we fall. And we we're designed to crave community. And so with our heart is that we want these moms to not feel alone. So number one, get plugged into a church. And, you know, every time I'm always like on a radar of like looking for girls that are pregnant. I've gotten myself in trouble before, which that's awkward. But you look at the belly and then you look at the finger. The ring. Right. Exactly. And sometimes her fingers are swollen. You know, it's complicated, but I have mastered it. And if anybody ever wants to know, just contact me, embracegrace.com. I'll tell you how to do it. But um, I invite them to church and they always feel like there's strings attached, Mm. like, wait, you want me to go to church, you know? So we, we want to change that to get over the barrier. They think what I figured out 
is that they think church is about behavior modification. That is what they wow. think it is. They have to fix their life first yep. or or make the decision right the second. You invited me they, to church because I'm jacked up. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> when really the church is about heart transformation. That's good. It's falling in love with Jesus. And so hmm. once I, we get, you know, we do a part of Embrace Grace to get a baby shower. And so sometimes oh, that's wow. the hook. Like sometimes they're like, I'm coming for I the free stuff, <laughs> but I don't care what you have to say. Like I'm bracing myself for the wrath that's coming. <laughs> The timeshare. I get a free right, exactly. gift card. I'll Sit listen to through this spiel. thing. <laughs> but what is so cool is if we can get them in the door, yeah. the first class, we're very strategic. We want every leader to share their story. Hmm. And they're like, okay, that lady's story is way worse, <laughs> way worse than, than me. mine. <laughs> and if God did that for her, wow. then maybe God will do that for me I too. And maybe it is a safe place for me to share what I'm going through. And mm. it's all of a sudden their walls start coming down and we're very strategic in it and it works. Mm. And then they're coming back the next week. because Relationship. Right. It's relationship. It's not like we're not going in and saying, you need to stop doing this and you need to stop doing that. I'm not trying to fix you. Right. I'm not trying to fix you. We're just loving you. Yep. And because it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. That is that. what just makes their walls come down and they want to have a relationship with him and that that we want them to fall in love with Jesus. Like yeah. that is what our heart is. And we have front row seeds to miracles mm. as we watch this happen because they're at a place where a lot of their friends have left. They're totally alone. And I'm, you know, there's, it's always a good time to share the gospel for sure. But at this point in time, they're at a place and a crossroads so in true. their life and they're like, so true. Their what am I soft. doing? Yes, yeah. I yeah. need help. Yeah. I need a rescuer. Yeah. Savior means rescuer. That's good. And they know they need a rescuer. And so it's the perfect time to say, let us introduce you to your rescuer. You know, in, we don't. We certainly don't bash the church on this show, but it, but we do want to call out the tension points in the church, and it's almost like the church has become so. Um, I don't know if obsessed is the word, but focused on making the people happy mm-hmm. that are sitting in the pews that we fail to recognize. Um, one of the greatest ways to grow your church is not by doing gimmicky, you know, stuff to attract people into the church. I'm not saying I'm against those things, but. The best ways to grow your church is to reach out to the people that are hurting in your community. What a great way to do it. You have people all around your church and all around your community who are suffering and hurting in, in this way of single pregnancies. And and what a way to, to bring people into the kingdom. Right, for sure. I, there's two kinds of pastors. Sometimes pastors are like, oh, we don't have pregnant girls in our church. And we're like, you do. You, <laughs> you did. That. You did, and you probably do. <laughs> right. And then they're gone. That's but right. number two, say it is like a, a super tiny church and it's mm-hmm. all senior citizens, and maybe they just really don't. Right. This is outreach. 100%. Like, you feed the homeless, you do all this stuff. Like, pro-life is an outreach. Go partner with your local pregnancy centers. They are boots on the ground, totally free, giving these girls free sonograms, and they want to be able to connect them to a local church to be loved on. And, you know, they have all these HIPAA rules because they're medical and that their their hands are tied on sometimes the way they can. But knowing there's a local church that's going to say... You're welcome here. And they know they can safely refer her to this church that's not going to tell her what a screw up she is. It's going to throw her a shower. It's going to disciple her, love on her. She's going to meet other girls going through the same thing that she is. Is such a blessing to even the pregnancy centers. Mm. There are ways. I find them on Facebook buy, sell trade pages. We train Mm. all our leaders. They post on there. I just found I'm pregnant. I'm totally worried. I don't even have a car seat. Does anyone have anything? You know, I can't afford. And we have found so many girls through that. We we can tell you where to find them all. You're being proactive. Yes, find them all. Exactly. And just like with the lost sheep, 
sheep. You know, it, it, the first single mom in the Bible was Hagar, mm. and she referred to God as the God that, that sees. sees me. Yeah. And that, you know, we need to be looking for them and That's seeing them so and good. seeing how. That'll and then Ishmael, <laughs> the first kid that was born of a single mom, his naming God's here. God mm. hears. He, we hear their, the, the prayers of these kids, wow. and we see these moms and single dads, and how can we help them, empower them, and get back on their feet? Because we can change everything if we can do that. And we can prevent future abortions mm. if we're helping these single moms along it's the way. It's generational. You're yes, saving generations. for sure. So let's talk about their super practical what. Right now, you're partnered with over 700 churches, like doing practical ministry. So if there's a pastor out there who's saying, you know, we need to do this in my church. Or maybe there's somebody that's like, I attend a church. I don't want on staff there, but I need my church to do this. What does that look like practically for them to partner with Embrace Grace and begin a local ministry with the partnership with you? What it, Give us the practicalities of that. Well, for sure, leading an Embrace Grace group is super easy. There are women and men in your church that will want to pick this up and run with it and lead it. It's very practical. We have digital curriculum. It's easy to press play. We teach you how to go find the girls. It's mm. like your own small group at your own church. It's your group. It's not ours. We'll yep. help you give you the training and the training. tools. We get your uh, church group on the website so that if girls go to our website, they can put in their zip code and yeah. all the churches that have Embrace Grace groups pop up with that leader's information. So that's super important. But also partnering with your your local pregnancy centers. Like you need to know who is in your community, boots on the ground. I yeah. talked to so many pastors. They're like, they'll come to our office and do a tour. And I'm like, do you know what a pregnancy center is? And they're like, yeah, I know what it is. And we had this thing called love boxes and we give them out for free to girls with unexpected mm-hmm. pregnancies. It's got a onesie that says best gift ever. It's uh-huh. got a, my book with 20 stories of girls that chose life. It's got a journal about being brave and fearless, all this. And an invitation to a local Embrace Grace group. So I say, we give these for free to pregnancy centers. And, and they're like, wait, are you talking about a Planned Parenthood? Hmm. And I'm like, no. Okay. Let's go back. (laughs) A pregnancy center (laughs) is a, and it's okay if you don't know, because I grew up in the church and I didn't know, but I feel like your whole congregation needs to know this because we need to be sowing into our communities Hmm. because they are serving the girls in our community. They just found out they're pregnant. So they get a free pregnancy test, Hmm. a free sonogram, free counseling. Everything's free. Planned Parenthood charges. Hmm. This is free, and they will talk to you about all of the options you have, and they'll talk to you about abortion, but they're going to tell you the real truth about it, that it's a trauma, that yeah. it's hard, and they're going to help these girls empower them. So they want to be able to refer. But you sending volunteers there, showing up at their gala and their benefits, you know, sewing into them financially is huge. Mm. But they have boutiques where they have gently used baby items, and you could go serve there. There are um, men, like if you are great at resume writing, you know, help a girl with her resume. If you're great at helping a girl finish her GED, help her get connected to GED. There's maternity homes in your community that you can serve at. Um, there's just, I, in, in my book, Help Her Be Brave, it literally has over 300 practical ideas mm. of how you as a pastor can get your church involved or you as a believer that goes to a church can individually help a woman be brave. Um, there's, you know, if you're, it just, at, at you, if you, I always talk about Pastor Robert Morris. He talks about how when he, you know, he does, he's not wired to do kids ministry, but mm-hmm. he's passionate about kids ministry. Right. He's just not. And so don't go serve somewhere that you're not passionate about. Like really dig into what strengths, gifts, passions to God place inside of you. What's a weird hobby that you have? Yeah. What can that be translated? I met a mom the other day that was like really great at coupon cutting and she's obsessive <laughs> about it. I'm like, you need to teach single moms how to do That's it. That's so true. And there's another guy I met or I know, uh, Peter Viscovia, I just did a podcast with him and he's a financial advisor, super passionate about. Hmm. And he's just like, I see these girls and they get 
tote the note cars with like <laughs> horrible, and he it just burdens him. Yeah, so he uses his gift. He is tr- trying to train them. He has all these videos that he's made of like this is how you can you know be a good steward of your money and like yeah. have your dreams and yeah. like work towards your dreams and don't waste it on you know tote the note stuff. And I saw a guy on YouTube the other day that he never had a dad, so he as a dad is teaching these other kids that don't have dads. Here's how you fix a flat tire. Wow. Here's how you know change yeah. your oil on your car, and yeah. he's teaching single moms and single dads how to do this. It's this little shtick I that he does on creativity. YouTube, right? There's yeah. so many different ways. You don't have to. You could partner with an organization that's already doing something. Yeah. That's good. Or also just ask God. Use like, your gift. Yes. So uh, I, you know, you just talked about your book, but I really want people to check it out. It's called Help Her Be Brave, and you just describe what it is. Discre- discover your place in the pro life movement. What? We all have a role to play, right? And what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And so, if they want to get this book, what's the, what's the best? Amazon, embracegrace.com. There's some bookstores that have it. It just came out on January 5th. Um, but yeah, and it's it, it like I was saying before. I never knew there was a pro life movement. And I when Embrace Grace started, we started as a small group at Gateway. Never in a million years thought we wow. were gonna have a nonprofit. It wasn't even on our radar. Mm-hmm. But other churches started calling us saying, this is really cool. You show us how to do it too. We're just like, sure, here's Word documents. And wow. God was like, oh, you're supposed to help people help people. You're mm-hmm. supposed to help the church be the church. And I got invited to speak at a pro-life pregnancy center training conference. Never heard of this organization. It's huge now that I don't, I'm like shocked. I didn't know who they were, but I did it. <laughs> and I was just like, sure. You know, I showed up and just shocked. There are so many people, so many organizations that are really empowering these women, and the church needs to know about it. If you're pastors that are listening right now, your people need to know about these organizations. You should have a resource list of all the the help that's out there in your community that can help. If you have a girl that's pregnant, Embrace Grace is great. Also, one more thing, have abortion healing groups at your church because Mm. you need to help set these people free. They're surrendering the secret. There's Mm. support after abortion. There's really great organizations that have abortion healing groups. They can, just like Embrace grace. You get the curriculum and you lead it. And to be able to say from the pulpit, we have abortion healing groups. If you've experienced an abortion is huge. Yeah. And I think it's important that pastors give their congregations other ways to serve. So many times we get so wrapped up as pastors as be, be a greeter, yeah. be an usher, got a lot going on. you know, we, we inspire our people to do, to do, we're just, we're just, a, we're limiting, we're limiting our people by mm-hmm. saying uh, greeters are important. Ushers are important. Kids ministry is important. But we also need to empower, be encouraging and empowering our congregations to serve other purposes outside mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Right. And this is a really, really, really valuable one, a really, really important one. So I want people to follow you, Amy. I want people to check you out and follow you. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Just give your personal cell phone number. I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> but what, how, how do people how yeah. do they follow you? Embracegrace.com for sure. There's also ProLoveChurch.com. And on ProLoveChurch.com, there's actually a pastor's toolkit that people can hmm. download if you're like, I don't know how to talk about life. You know, we just passed Sanctity of Life Sunday, but really this should be something that's taught often, but there's two sermon note downloads. In fact, my son, Jess Ford, the one that um, I almost had an abortion with, who just majored in theology, and he's so passionate about this. He he works for a pro-life organization. He wrote the sermon notes. One is about uh, the theology and and what life... what is the importance of life and the value of life. The second one is more focused on the action. Free sermons. Free sermon downloads. There you go. Making it easy for you. There's (laughs) social media graphics you can share. There's um, a download of 10 ways your church can be pro-love. Great stuff on prolovechurch.com. Just click on pastors. um, And then also follow us on Facebook, Embrace, um, uh, Instagram, all of those things. We're really big on not, we're not going to do a ton of like 
articles about abortion is wrong or anything. Right. We're a very we're very much known more for what we're for than what we're against. That's so good. And so it's safe, you know, yep. to to share that you're not gonna tick anybody off. And what's cool is even pro-choice people can't argue with loving people. That's so You can't good. argue with what we do. Yeah. We're just loving people. I want you to share the story of the call you got in Ber- at Berkeley. Oh, yeah. I want yeah. you to share the listeners real fast. This yeah, is so. so this, the reason is because I want Christians to get a view of how the outside world sees us. For sure. Yeah, I was actually at a, con- a pro-life conference and this lady came up to me. She's a pro-life atheist and her story's in my book. She already gave permission for me to share it, but she's a pro-life a- atheist and she's over pro-life San Francisco. And she said, Amy, I want you to share about mm-hmm. pro-life. I'm going to have speak- pro-life speakers at Berkeley College all day in-, in San Francisco. Will you come share? And I was like, uh, you know, I talk about... <laughs> the church and God, and is that going to be a problem? And she's like, no, it's not a problem. She said, I don't believe in your God, but I believe in the power of your people. And if you can get your people to actually do something, this issue wouldn't be an issue anymore. And that, I was like, right, that, I uh, don't believe in your God, but I believe in the power of your which, people. Which, you know, of course, that's the Holy Spirit working in her, Absolutely. you know, right? But yeah. Wow. That she could recognize that. And it's so true. There's over 300,000 churches in America. Yes. If we all were doing something. Yep. We really can make abortion unthinkable. Because if it became unthinkable, how we started the podcast, we have to have the resources yeah. spiritually, spiritually, emotionally, practically, phys- practically mm-hmm. all of those things in place, yeah. right? I love that. Amy, I love what you're doing. I love your ministry. Um, you've inspired me as a pastor to be more focused in on this, and I pray that our listeners um, are getting the same. What would you say, just as a parting thing to pastors or people that are listening, any any parting words, any last words of encouragement or inspiration or conviction, whatever you want to say. To uh, well, I'll say one more thing. There was um, a pastor in Dallas that told me one time that his daughter had an unexpected pregnancy and she, um, she, he, he was really, he, she had really rebelled. And so when she came back, I'm pregnant. I don't, you know, God, uh, dad, will you forgive me? And can mm. I come home? So he let her come home. She had a little girl and they did a baby dedication at their church. And he said, she asked, said, can I dedicate my baby? I was like, yes, of course it's a, he's a big pastor in Dallas. And he said, yeah. um, you have, uh, the way they did it is they would say, is there anyone here that represent, they had five families up at the, that day. And he said, mm-hmm. is there anyone here that represents this family and their child? Will you please stand? And people would stand and they pray a prayer over the first family and they yeah. did each one. Well, then they get to his daughter mm-hmm. and her baby. And he said, is there anyone here that represents this woman and her child? Mm-hmm. And something amazing happened. The whole church the whole stood church. up. Wow. And what that must have meant to her to look out at the mm. church and see a whole church rise and say, we're with you. That's so good. And that we're not going to kick you when you're down. We're going to pick you up when, you're fall, when you fall, mm. and we're going to point you back to Jesus. As a single mom, that meant the world to her. Mm. And that is the picture of what the church is supposed That's to look so like. That's so good. And so don't, get, don't let the enemy lie to you about, oh, it's going to you know, tick this person off or this person off. It's all about loving people. Yeah. It's all about that there's hope and there's healing if they've had an abortion. If they're pregnant, you're a safe place for them to go to. You're not condoning sin. You're right. not rewarding bad behavior. Right. You're just loving people. They read the prodigal son. Okay. Yep. Read that story. And, uh, and I always say the baby showers are a big prodigal party. You know, it's amazing. <laughs> so don't, don't, um, get and don't dis- be the one to cast the first stone. Right. right? Exactly. Or be like the brother. That's, that's, exactly like, right. Oh, that's not right. You know, all yeah. we, that's a whole nother podcast, yeah. but anyways, <laughs> just uh, we all can do something and don't so think good. it applies to everyone else. It applies to you too. That's Even so if good. you have a church with 80 year olds and you know, a small little Senior citizen church. We they need grandmas. That's they right. need grandpas. That's like, right. We all have a part to play. 
Well, if you're listening, uh, I pray you've been encouraged. If I really encourage you to get her book, I encourage you to follow her ministry, but I also more so encourage you to um, activate her ministry in your life and in your local church. Local church. So, listeners, thank you for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. If you can. Um, rate this podcast if you can make comments it helps us helps us get the word out if you can mention it on social media share it with your friends we would appreciate uh, you helping us spread the word we love you Uh, thank you for leading well thank you for all that you do in the kingdom of god and we will see you on the next podcast thank you for listening to the church intention podcast for more information visit churchintention.com The King's University is an accredited, spirit-empowered evangelical university in Southlake, Texas. To learn more, visit tku.edu.